today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Peter, he doesn't know what's going on today. He doesn't know what we're experiencing. All of these things happening, this and that, and the corruption and the dishonesty and the lie, and on and on. Well, I don't know about that. Peter lived at the time where Pilate succumbed to the pressure of the Jews to give Jesus over to crucifixion. The most just and righteous of men. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Some say that respect isn't given, but it's earned. However, God calls His people to a higher, more gracious standard than this. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us that Jesus asks us to honor everyone, including, and most especially, those who have been put in authority over us. Differences of opinion or contradictory political leanings should never be used as reasons to spew hateful words. The world is watching us. As we demonstrate graciousness and kindness to all, the Lord is glorified. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith As Americans, as Westerners, we have an anticipation of what life should deliver us. And when things don't happen the way we expect, we could become angry, bitter, upset, and we lose out on the blessings of God. We feel, this is my right. I'm entitled to fair treatment, to justice. Things go well. Well, that's a common expectation, but that isn't the reality that you experience in this life. We, as Americans, treasure our rights. But sometimes we allow the culture to override the scripture, and we live in the culture rather than in the scripture. When that happens, we set ourselves up for anger and disappointment and frustration. We're called to live in submission. That's a hard truth to lay hold of. That's something that our fallen nature would like to shred and shed. That's something that we as Americans just don't like. But we're citizens of heaven before we're citizens of America and the United States. We're to submit, clearly, the Bible says, to the government. The government over us. We're to submit to the government in authority over us. It says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Live as servants of God. Now, those are strong words. They're difficult to chew on. 
Because we're used to speaking our mind, saying what we think. That's the way our culture is. And we get so impacted by the culture that we fall into it rather than walk in the truth of God's word. It's not that we can't express ourselves or say things. But Peter goes on to say to us, showing a good example in bad circumstances. You become a testimony for the kingdom. You become a witness for Christ. When you show a good example in a bad circumstance. Verse 15. For it is God's will. Here's his will. It's clear. That by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. I like the New Living Translation. It reads... It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. A life well lived is a godly life. A life well lived is a life that points people to Christ. So someone curses at you. What do you do? You bless them. Someone wrongs you. What do you do? You do the right thing by them you never take things into your own hands you turn them over to the nail scarred hands of your savior and say Lord here it is I place that before you the attitude that you and I should have is when we encounter difficult circumstances bad things is first and primarily to take it to God, to give it to Him. How we often have to simply say, Lord, you know what's happening, you know the circumstance, and I want to give it over to you. So someone stabs you in the back, backstab. You don't throw knives at them. You serve them. You show grace to them. Isn't that what Jesus did? We are called to follow his example 100%. Now, he goes on to say, we need to do the right thing, the good thing, to be a good example in, in a bad circumstance, but also we need to show respect in a culture of disrespect. You see the talking heads sometimes on television, yakety, 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 yakety. And there... They're firing verbal bombs at their opponents, taking them apart. This is what Peter says. Show proper respect for everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Now, notice he said, love the brotherhood, especially other Christians. Other Christians we should lift up, pray, help their part of the family of God. That Christ-like love. He said, as I've loved you, so love one another. And he said, now, honor the king. We take the culture on again that we live in. They batter with their words their political opponents. And we just walk right into that and say, I disagree with this politician, with this other person. I disagree. And we just blast them out of the water. With verbal abuse. What is Peter saying? Honor 
everyone, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, when a person holds a political office, watch your tongue. Watch how you speak. God put them there. If he didn't allow that, they wouldn't be there. And if you have a grievance, careful how you say it. Say it with wisdom, and, but say it with grace. And say it recognizing that God will one day hold us account for how we have spoken. Well, you said, Pastor, listen. Peter, he doesn't know what's going on today. He doesn't know what we're experiencing. All of these things happening, this and that, and the corruption and the dishonesty and the lie, and on and on. Well, I don't know about that. Peter lived at the time where Pilate succumbed to the pressure of the Jews to give Jesus over to crucifixion. The most just and righteous of men. He lived in a time where Felix kept Paul in prison, looking for someone to grease his hand with a bribe. I mean, he lived in a time where Nero was the emperor. And Nero would soon cast Christians into the Colosseum to be torn apart by wild beasts. And they would be tarred and lit a flame as a human torch. And Nero would be the one who Peter was crucified under. But yet Peter says, honor them. And yet, we're so inclined to bend towards the culture and not to yield to God, to walk in the world and not in the kingdom. We're inclined to give in to the pressures of the world to be like the world. Earlier, Peter is talking about living a holy life, being a citizen of heaven. That's what holiness is. This is living a holy life, guarding how we speak. And in this culture of disrespect, being a different type of people, showing people respect. When someone turns on you and they're at work with you or they're in your home or they're in some other situation, you just simply show Christ to them. So we're to submit to the government over us. Then he goes on to say something more. We are to submit to people in authority over us. Now, in verse 19, it says, For it is commendable if a man bears up under pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. Notice, why do we do what we do? Because we're servants of God. Why do we do what we do? Because we're trying to do the will of God. We're trying to please God. At the bottom line, we're living our lives unto God. We're not letting the culture dictate how we live and how we walk. We're not following their drumbeat. We're not dancing to their music. We're a different sort of people. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we behave differently. Amen? Now, some of these things that Peter talks about are a little hard to understand. We can't go in all depth to it 
But I want you to see the application to his audience, to the historical audience. When Peter says in verse 18, slaves, submit yourself to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Preachers use these passages prior to the Civil War, during the Civil War, to justify slavery in America. And that's not what Peter was doing. Peter was talking about a culture that was far different than our culture. Slavery was very prevalent during the Roman Empire. There were about 60 million people who were slaves. But a couple of the big differences were this. Slavery in the Roman Empire wasn't directed against one race. And it wasn't a permanent institution. A person, when they reached 30, often they were freed. A person could buy their freedom, or a person, because of indebtedness, could make themselves a slave. Uh, some slaves were doctors and lawyers and accountants, and uh, they lived very, very well. But Peter was recognizing under the Roman form of government that this was a reality, and he was saying, deal with the reality is there, but he was in no way condoning it. The Bible speaks actually against slavery. In 1 Timothy, Paul the Apostle writes in verses 9 to 10, we also know that law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. The Bible's not saying that's the lifestyle. I think if anybody modeled a biblical stance, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Our government allows peaceful protest. And they were abused in those civil rights marches. Martin Luther was, and of course, assassinated. But the way he handled himself with non-retaliation, with a dream, and we remember that sermon, I have a dream. And, and those things came to pass, thank God. And we're still on that road. We're still on that road. And I, I'm thankful for his witness. And as Christians, there's a way of doing things that the Bible talks about that we ought to follow. We can't go the way of the world. We have to go the way of Christ What's the application of this to contemporary audiences? Well, I'm going to read again from Colossians, and this is Paul the Apostle, and I'll read it again later on with the message translation. But in Colossians 3.22, it says, Slave, obey your earthly masters and everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Now, sometimes you feel like you're a slave at work. More and more people are experiencing their companies are demanding more and more from them. Isn't that true? I mean, it just takes more of you. And you feel like you're, you're working just to make ends meet. You just There are times that 
your employers are taking advantage of you. There are times that you're mistreated by someone above you. Someone, you should be next in line for a raise. You should be next in line for a promotion. And they just look over you because of some favoritism. And you miss out. Well, how do you respond in that? You keep on doing the right thing. You keep on walking a godly life. You keep on living as a Christian. How in the world, if we're not doing right by those who work with us and work among us, when they're in a point of need in their life and they come to you and they say, pray for me. If bitterness and hatred is in your heart, you know what you're going to pray? God, I thank you. They're going through a hard time. Turn up the fire, God. But if your heart is right, you're going to ask God to bless them. You're going to ask God to prosper them. You're going to ask God to help them. And and you're going to be a witness in that situation to help them see Jesus Christ. So that's the idea. We apply it in those ways. One of the things that we can often do and don't even think about it. God has put these institutions as faulty and as weak as they are in place. Because people with feet of clay occupy them. And so we're not going to gossip. We're not going to, you know, just rebel. We're going to have this attitude. God, I put it before you. An orchestra has to follow the orchestra leader, the conductor. One soldier, if he wants to do his own thing, he puts the whole platoon in jeopardy. We have to be able to say, Lord, you are the one in charge. You are a sovereign God, and I submit to you. So when you go to work on Monday, when you experience something that's just not right, you show a Christ-like character. And you put it in God's hand. We need to have a theology of suffering. We need to have a theology of deliverance. And we need to let the Lord lead us step by step as we live this Christian life. But here Peter is talking to the church. And he said, let there be a submissive spirit that marks you. As a Christian, you don't live like your co-workers. You don't live like your neighbors. You don't react and act like those around you. That's what the call of holiness involves. I like the way Eugene Peterson says it in Colossians 3.22. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Why do we submit to the government? Why do we submit to earthly leaders? And, and why do we go the second mile, the third mile? Well, we are to submit to the example of Jesus Christ. The example that he set for us. He set an example of how you and I are to live this life. We're not to just say, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to go from my gut. If you go from your gut, you're going to end in the gutter. Yeah, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. We have to go from the word and from the spirit and from what God is saying. In First 
Peter 2.21. It says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you. You don't have to suffer. What does it say? Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. All that Jesus suffered, the contradiction of sinners, the abuse, the terrible suffering that he experienced. And we're to say, okay, Lord, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection, like Paul prayed, but don't stop there. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your sufferings. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we suffer for him and with him, we will rise. That's what Peter is saying. Jesus set an example of how we are to walk, how we are to live, and we are to follow that example fully. What does that mean? How do you translate that? Accept unjust suffering. I know that's hard to bite. That's hard to chew on. None of us, none of us like that meal. But this is the scripture. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Because he is conscious of what? God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. When your children grow up, as they're growing up, as they're older, don't say to them when they say, Daddy, that's not fair. Your children ever say that? Mine did. Many of your children have said, Daddy, that isn't fair. Stop, pause, and let them know that life isn't fair. We live in a fallen world. The result of sin is all over. We live in a world where the prince and power of darkness rules and reigns. And life is not fair. If they don't understand that, they will get disappointed. They will get discouraged. They will wonder what's happening and think perhaps the favor of God isn't on them because they're suffering. Remember this. Underline this. Write this down. God is writing your story in the midst of your suffering. When you respond in good and you accept it and you lay it before the cross and you say, here it is, God. He's writing your story. You can't live a Joseph story from the prison to the throne unless you have handled unjust suffering well. Today, you may be facing persecution from the world around you. Your walk with Jesus may have hit a rough patch, and now you're unsure where to turn. Or your life may be going well, and you're feeling the blessings of Jesus all around you. No matter the place you are in your life, 
there is always Jesus. He loves to rejoice with you in the triumphs and to walk with you through the trials. As Dr. Edward Jones continues to take us through the book of 1 Peter, we see that Jesus is the solution in every crisis and the one we can look to each and every day for our own strength. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well. We know how important social media is in people's lives today, and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We would also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly worship. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us the love and hope that only Jesus can offer us. Your Word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.